Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. Our um, opening today for our listener, our happy news to start off happy hour before we go to the dark side in the after 90 seconds. Our um, good news is that the Democratic Party seems to have a new campaign slogan heading into the 2022 midterms. Okay, let's hear it. I'm going to try it out on you. See what you think. Okay. Make America stabby again. Oh, I love it. Oh, hold on. Oh, I'm yawning. I'm sorry. (laughs) I was we were out really late last night at our neighborhood night fight because we just like it's kind of like a knife fight potluck we have once a week. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, it was you your know, foster just, grandma's birthday and you didn't clean up your room yeah. and so you wanted to kill no, people. No, I mean it's just a normal thing. I mean, you know what I mean? Like we just have knife fights once a week here in my neighborhood. You know, we get close to our neighbors and we, you know, meet the families, the survivors, I guess you could say, but the ones who live through the stabbings. But you know, it's just like it's normal. Like who doesn't have knife fights when they're growing up as a kid. Who doesn't, you know? So obviously we are referring to the latest fallen angel, um, Micaiah. I'm sorry. I was trying to look up her name here. I mean, she does have a name. And I guess I we shouldn't mock. I mean, obviously the girl's had a terrible life. She's in foster care system, as are hundreds of thousands of American children, as we allow others to cross the border and try to found, find homes for them so obviously she had a terrible life this speaks to a much bigger problem in america what's happening to america's abandoned children of all races um that also applies to the 13 year old who was shot in chicago uh they couldn't find his mother for two days because um apparently she wasn't looking for him so there's that well do you know that that his 20 year old his 20 year old companion that evening refused to tell the police his name either yeah because but this was all on the up and up I mean nothing weird was going on because no not at all what what 13 year old isn't on out on the streets with a firearm um you know at three in the morning I mean it's like a neighborhood too right exactly come on these are children I mean to be fair and as a parent look it's hard to raise kids up on the up and up in the best circumstances with everything happening so just imagine these kids who are basically on their own, no excuse to take a knife and try to murder people. Um, you know, that's not an excuse. But, uh, you know, here Didn't she, she has, say like, I'm going to fucking stab you like before she did it. She <laughs> like, did. Okay. And of course, that is part of the media's cover up of the reality of the incident, as we know. But um, so, yeah, so she was shot by a police officer. Uh, she's become she's another fallen angel and is now the rallying cry of the Democratic Party, who uh, somehow insists that she is the victim, not the perpetrator. I, I think it's a good time for me to point out an important similarity between this shooting and the Jacob Blake shooting. I've always said that mm. the, the left does not believe anything that they say, that they just say the things that they do as a power move to gain the upper hand over, you know, lesser people like me and Julie and our listeners. But there's a really interesting similarity here that no one's talking about between the shooting and Jacob Blake, which was that the shooting with Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the, in his back, 
Um, he's still alive. He's in a wheelchair. Um, the circumstances of that shooting were because Jacob Blake's ex-girlfriend called the police because he had violated a restraining order after raping her. And she called 911 because mm-hmm. he was in her house trying to take her keys. And then after he resisted arrest, he was shot seven times by the police because it looked like he was reaching in his car to get who knows what. You never know. Nobody gave a shit about Jacob Blake's ex-girlfriend, who was, in fact, raped by him. He shoved his fingers in her vagina in front of her child and had right. a restraining order against him. Nobody cared about that. She's black, too. No one cared about that black woman. And again, we see with this uh, recent stabbing incident, nobody is talking about the fact that this other person, this other girl, I think she was 20, she was a former step, former foster child of the mother who was fostering um, this, the the minor, the 16-year-old. Mm-hmm. And nobody's talking about, what about the girl whose life was saved? So as you can see, we're, we're transforming what who is and isn't a victim, right? Instead of the victim being the woman who was raped by Jacob Blake or sexually assaulted and the restraining order violated or talking about this other woman who was almost stabbed by Michaela, we're not, those people are invisible. And the only thing that matters are two really garbage human beings that are now lifted up and idolized. It's disgusting, to be honest with you. Much like George Floyd has been. I mean, right? That's. Yeah. No, we're pretending that George Floyd didn't point a loaded gun at a pregnant woman and, um, you know, uh, threaten threaten her. That's going away. We're we're pretending like a lot of drugs in his system didn't contribute and his prior health condition didn't contribute to his death. Um, So let's talk about the Chauvin verdict. That was we got a lickety split verdict this week. Jury went to deliberate. Boom. They have a verdict. And that's always bad. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. You know, we knew it was bad. And uh, basically Chauvin got what we would call running the board. (laughs) He got guilty on everything. So what are your thoughts, Julie? I mean, look, I think put yourself in the juror's shoes and, you know, forget about what's going to happen in Minneapolis and all these cities are going to burn. You're sitting there thinking, what's going to happen to me, especially my family? You know that they were just dying to reveal who all these jurors are, where they live. They were going to be, you know, who knows what could have happened to them. So it's not like any of them had an easy decision to make at all. So I will caveat my response with that. This case was so much more nuanced than, of course, the original narrative, which we see happen all the time. But when you watched the trial and you watched the video beforehand and you saw how the police officers were trying to struggle with him, he was obviously completely drugged up, uh, unreasonable, fighting them. He already was saying he couldn't breathe. They were trying to get him in the vehicle. Obviously, they weren't sure what he was going to do. You know, you have a very large man who's completely drugged up, um, intoxicated, obviously not healthy, um, you know, not of any sort of sound mind. You have other people around. So I think they were also trying to protect the community from this, from George Floyd. Um, 
then under the cross-examination, the Hennepin County Medical Examiner, who was the one who concluded this was a homicide, under questioning from the defense attorney, who I thought did a really good job until his closing argument was like three hours long. Um, but under cross-examination, I mean, it became clear that this was a very muddied autopsy result. And had he been no awareness or had, let's say, Floyd had passed away from all of the other issues you just talked about, not knowing that Officer Chauvin had had him on the ground like that, would he still have come to the same conclusion? He basically said no. He knew that the drugs, the hypertension, heart issues, coronavirus, et cetera, all played a role in what happened to George Floyd, aside from his own actions, right? Get in the car, go where you're supposed to go, but he's already been in trouble with the law. This is why these people try to fight any sort of arrest. So... Uh, to that extent, but look, Chauvin's life is ruined. You know, he's in this maximum security prison now. He is going, he won't be sentenced for another eight weeks. Um, you know, I think there's a maximum 40 years in jail for, for, I, th I guess he can only be sentenced on one of the charges. Is that your understanding? That's what I saw. No, I think he's sentenced on all of them, but they're con concurrent. So it just would obviously be the okay. longest one. The so, longest one. I mean, it's, uh, you know, this. But to watch Joe Biden, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, the comments that they made before the jury's verdict was released, not just reckless, they are stoking and desperately wanting this race war to accelerate. And it's that to me was the most contemptible, just insidious part of this whole tragedy that's unfolded. No, it it it. It absolutely, it absolutely is. And I think I did not follow the trial at all. Um, so I can't say that I saw one second of it because I, I just didn't. I had other things to do. And I kind of figured it didn't matter <laughs> within the right. trial, it, to be right. honest with you. But I do think that I do know that the judge made a lot of bad decisions at the beginning that kind of set the stage for this to be the worst case scenario, which was that he did not sequester the jury. Um, I think that was a real problem with all the press around this. That would have been the smart thing to do. And the other thing is that he he should have changed the venue. That Absolutely. Those are my thing. Because when I say worst case scenario, I don't say that it's that Derek Chauvin's found guilty. I think the worst case scenario is that people do not believe in this process anymore. And mm -hmm. I think that that's what we saw now. Do do I do I know that the jury felt intimidated and were afraid to, you know, convict Chauvin on like the, the lowest charge possible or 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 not or acquit him? Well, I honestly I don't know because the jury knew that someone put a pig's head on the house of a defense witness. Mm -hmm. So they knew that they had um, a sitting clown congresswoman Maxine Waters basically encouraging people to escalate violence and that got a pass so you know with all of these outside influences it really chips away at the integrity of the judicial process and so people see that and they wonder well the because more importantly than Derek Chauvin go to jail is that we have a that he gets a fair hearing and if he's guilty then then he's found guilty under fair circumstances um, or not, or he's acquitted, but that isn't what happened here. And that is a, a, a very unfortunate 
outcome of this process for for most of America, for the race baiters who want a race war and are power hungry and trying to gain domination over um, the lo- a large part of the country, it's good news because this is basically just mob violence. You know, um, right. it's like when you wake up with a horse head in your bed. OK, I got the message. Very, very, <laughs> very disgusting. Very disgusting. Um, it is, Liz. And but, you know, what is even more disgusting, appalling and infuriating? You know what this is. Worse than the Democrats are the fill in the blank, Liz. <laughs> Say that again. Fill in the blanks. Who is worse than the Democrats? The Republican Senate. Ding, ding, ding. Could we be cursed? Could we be cursed with more craven, just prostrated losers than we have? Weak, spineless, just just garbage. garbage. Almost all of them are garbage. All of them are garbage. Just. I think the GOP is just beyond repair. I, I don't think you can fix it. I've had arguments with people um, who are more, oh, no, we can take it over. And I've always been, I don't think we can take it over. And the more I see this, these people are trash. I mean, yeah. they they don't understand what is going on. They just want to, they want a smooth ride, Julie. That's what they want. They want a smooth ride. They want the glowing right up in Politico or the Hill. That's what they want. So tell us more, Julie, about how useless the United States Senate Republicans are. Now, we've talked about this on several occasions, as you know, um, and I think you agreed with me. I know we had Dave Raboy on here uh, quite a few months ago. My argument was that the Senate Republicans deserve to lose power, that you do not award people who act as accomplices for the left that tried to thwart Donald Trump's, you know, facile sort of attempts to take some control over the deep state and to combat the rise of the left. They did nothing, really. In fact, they helped Democrats stop Donald Trump from doing whatever he tried to do. So and then, of course, the post-election not having any interest in looking into election fraud until, of course, it was too late, which precipitated the events of January 6th. You don't reward people like that with political power. I didn't grow up in the city of Chicago. I grew up outside the city of Chicago. I see how politics works at its best, which is you reward your friends and you punish your enemies and you don't take the boot off the throat until you get what you want. This is not how these Republicans operate. They are pathetic. And so they lost control of the Senate, thankfully. And what we've seen since then, I could not have even imagined that they would capitulate to every, basically every demand that the Biden White House is asking for. But as I write in my column today, literally hand matches to our arsonist in chief, which is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris together. And the Democratic Party wasting no time torching this country, every constitutional norm, every boundary, every rule of just common decency. And we have Senate Republicans, for example, this week, which has to be in my book, the worst, is voting to confirm Lisa Monaco. uh, 48 Republican senators, except for Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, voted to 
really put her in charge of the Justice Department. She's officially deputy AG, but she's really going to run the show because Merrick Garland is like a Robert Mueller kind of figurehead guy doesn't really know what's going on. Um, And they voted to confirm her after not asking her a single question about her involvement in Russiagate, her ties to Robert Mueller, she former chief of staff when he was FBI director under Obama, her continued ties to Obama, all of the comments she made the past four years about Donald Trump, referring to people as domestic terrorists, which is code for Trump supporters, nothing. And here they just gave her the keys to the Justice Department, which, as you know, I've reported, is launching this abusive investigation into uh, January 6th protesters. I just, I I can't say I'm speechless, obviously, because I just went on a rant and I write about it today. I've written about it several times. But what do you say? What can you possibly say? This party is not salvageable when those are our representatives in Washington, D.C. Well, you you have to wonder what, what are they thinking? And not just Lisa Monaco. Why didn't Joe Biden have to have Kamala Harris break the tie for every single one of Biden's nominations. And why didn't they get the treatment that Trump's nominations got? Right. And the reason that they didn't, Julie, is because the Republicans think that the Biden nominees are are like better than the Trump nominees who deserved it. Right. They are in that beltway mentality. So all of the criticisms that were launched against Trump's nominees, the crazy hit pieces, this all sorts of ridiculous investigative stories about their, you know, fourth removed cousin once stole a Snickers bar from a 7-Eleven, all of that trash, they buy into it. But they think that the credentialed class, which is what these Biden nominees are, they're from the swamp. They're credentialed by the swampy institutions and they've worked for the government machine before. They they think those people don't don't deserve it. That I, th- I really think that's what that's what it is. You know, Trump had a bunch of weirdos, but Biden's got the respectable, the Cornells, the Georgetowns, the Harvard grads. Mm-hmm you know, the Brennan Center, you know, um, all of this stuff. So I I think that's what it is. And the fact that they don't get it just means they're useless. It just means they're absolutely useless. And it should be no surprise that, you know, for all the stuff Trump tried to do, he really wasn't successful because he had no support. That's exactly right, Liz. And we've talked about that, too. People wanted to know why Trump didn't do more, didn't fight harder. Well, when these are your allies, I mean, are you going to continue to go out into the battlefield alone? I mean, he would turn around. Not only would they not be there without guns and ammo, they'd have their guns pointed at him. So you can't wage a political war with these invertebrate, just blow dried POSs. I mean, that that's what that's the nicest thing I could say about them. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. It's very disappointing. I don't know how they can expect any support from the grassroots or the voters. And for that, for these people to open up their wallets, you know, if you're listening and you donate money, don't ever donate money to the GOP or the committees, the National nope. Republican Congressional Committee or the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Do not give money to them. No. Give money only to candidates and after you vet them. But do not support any of these PACs that support these people or the party because they are 
they're they are there for their own self-preservation. And when I say own, I mean literally their own, not own meaning us, own meaning <laughs> them. So it is disgraceful. It's very disappointing. Um, you know, and they're half-ass fighting um, you know, other Biden legislate, you know, legislation that's coming through. It, you know, I again, what what is the point of view? You know, what what is the point of you if you're not going to go in and put your foot down? And it's not like they just didn't have four years of an example of of an opposition making a lot of trouble and dragging things out as long as possible until mm-hmm. midterms, you know. But who knows what's going to happen to midterms now unless they have better candidates. You know, do you think the, the Senate's going to flip? I mean, I don't know. What would the point even be of the Senate flipping at this point? I mean, to be honest, I would rather see the focus in the House. We have a better chance, I think, of taking the House, especially after redistricting, because red states are going to pick up seats. Blue states are going to lose seats, even though then they're going to try to chop up Republican districts. I think I saw in, was it Maryland? One blue state where they literally were going to go down to like two Republican congressional districts they're going to try that in illinois too have you ever seen the congressional districts in maryland they're (laughs) obscenely drawn it's outrageous it's outrageous there's so much gerrymandering and the left likes to say that the republicans gerrymander no but uh it's they they got nothing on the democrats seriously i mean in my home state of illinois i we have 18 electoral votes i think we're going to lose one seat and it used to be split. We used to have 20. It used to be 10 and 10. I think now they're going to try to bring it down to like five Republican congressional districts in the state of Illinois, which is just amazing. Um, because, you know, you get to like central downstate Illinois, you're going to have a hard time putting together a Democratic district. Um, you could just do everything up north, um, north of I-80, as we say. But What's the point? Let's get the House back because you know what? The House Republicans are the only ones who will open up investigations. You know what? Put a vote for a Republican House. Put someone like Devin Nunes as speaker. Get rid of Kevin McCarthy and Liz Cheney and all those other people. And I just say the House does nothing but open one investigation after another. Get subpoena power, which they have. They don't have to have it signed off on by the co-Democrat like they do in the Senate. So, Go ahead. Just start. Just start. I would. That's where I would put the energy. Liz, I just want to read real quick from my piece today how much the Republicans have caved on Biden's admin on his appointees. You know, there's only one appointee that they successfully scuttled, which who was near a Tandon. And the only reason Senate Republicans were mad about her nomination is because they tweet she tweeted mean things about them. So if you say mean things about Mitch McConnell or Lindsey Graham or John Cornyn, you're going to pay the price. You doesn't matter what you've done to other regular Americans. Just don't ruffle their feathers. So just real quick, Susan Collins, of course, reelected last year to another six year term, has voted to confirm every single Biden nominee. Lisa Murkowski has voted for every single one, and she was the decisive vote to put um, Vanita Gupta as number three uh, at the Justice Department, which also is scary. She only voted against uh, Xavier Becerra. Of course, he was confirmed, too. Rob Portman of Ohio, who is retiring. Bye-bye. Thank you. And Mitt Romney, of course, have voted for all but three Biden cabinet picks. 
Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, Chuck Grassley, Mike Rounds of South Dakota, Shelley Moore Capito of West Virginia have voted for the overwhelming majority of Biden appointees. Um, there's just a handful of Republican senators, uh, Josh Hawley, Ted Cruz, Rick Scott, uh, uh, oh, they, uh, Rick Scott, Tom Cotton and Rand Paul have voted against most of Biden's nominees. Howley, I think, voted for the least. I think he just voted for two. Unfortunately, he voted for Lisa Monaco, which uh, shocked me. But compare that to Trump's record of April of 2017. By April of 2017, Donald Trump's uh, cabinet appointees had received the most no votes in presidential history, even though Republicans had the Senate at that point by a slim margin, but still. So that is, um, that, that's what we got, Liz. That's, it's shameful. It's shameful. And I don't, what, what is the point of these people? They, They still, after four years of literally the worst, thrown at the Republicans and trying to smear these people. Many of them have whiplash trying to like, you know, straddle, sort of straddle the Trump popularity money, but also acceptability inside the beltway. That battle they had within themselves, they still want to be able to go to the cocktail parties, go dine out at the nice restaurants without getting shouted down. Um, But at the same time, they want the Trump money and the popularity that comes with Trump. It's like at no point are they examining their cognitive disconnect here about how what how these two things are. And so now that Trump's gone, it they just think it's business as usual. And they probably think that everything is going to be go back to normal. You know, I mean, in the next election, they're like, oh, we're just going to slide into these yep. offices that we've been holding all along. Because, you know, we deserve it. Well, but let's talk about Trump. Let's talk about him. Why would he come out and endorse Marco Rubio? Why? And why doesn't he do it now? Yes. Wait, he endorsed Marco Rubio? Yes. Shut up. Oh, God. Now I have to look this up. I don't think he has. I'm going to look it up. I'm sure he did. I don't think he has. And okay, we might have no to- way people would just be, no, I, I don't, I don't think he has, he is an endorse. I, I have seen him endorse people and I've, I've certainly seen him threaten Lisa Murkowski, which is great. We could definitely get rid of her, but I don't think that he has endorsed Marco Rubio, um, but all of these he did. senators, he what? did, he did he, oh, April God. 9th, 2021. Yep. Uh, he has complete. And total endorsement. Marco has been a tireless advocate for the people of Florida. Marco will never let the great people of Florida down or a country down. Okay. What is that shit? How can you say that? uh, Why would Trump endorse him that early instead? You know what? I'm going to tell you why. Trump is lazy. Because if Trump weren't lazy, he'd be out recruiting primary, like good primary candidates for every one of these losers, these sacks of shit, right? He should have gotten somebody to primary Rubio. Right. You know? Yes, he, for sure. He doesn't get I it either. For a while. Wasn't Ivanka going to run? Oh, God. I know that there's, I know Laura Trump is going to run or was thinking about running in North Carolina. Um, 
but well, I don't. She actually would probably do a good job. I mean, yeah, she's she's kind of based, but yeah, that's just very just just very disgusting, very disgusting. So that's where we are with our Senate report. Well, Trump doesn't get it either. If you're listening and you think Trump is the savior, he's not the savior. Okay. He's like an accidental, he's like accidentally, you know, fell into this. Right. He, he, this isn't, he's not, he's not like a leader of this sort of rebellion against the elites. He's, he's really not. Um, and he, the fact that, on the one hand, I think he wrote a letter to the GOP telling them to not use his name on things, like to stop, um, you know, putting his name on fundraising letters or, you know, right, kind of coasting along on Trump's coattails. So he is, but I think that's only because he's concerned about his brand, you know, more than he's concerned that he'll help put in a Marco Rubio again. So this is very... Very um, disturbing, but. Well, and then um, this week, uh, as they continue to empower this DOJ, which is seeking, continues to seek revenge now still, as they started in 2016 against any against the election of Donald Trump, they can't let it go. So what did Republicans do this week? They approved a bill overwhelmingly. Josh Hawley, again, the only one who voted no. A bill sponsored by Maisie Hirono. Okay, right then and there, it should be disqualified. I'm not even reading it. Like, if it if you are the sponsor, I, I'm a I'm a no. I don't care if it's like this person cured cancer. It no. <laughs> if yeah, your name no, is I on agree. it, it's a no, right? But no, I mean, they should have come out the minute the minute that agreement, you know, the Senate was fifty fifty. They should have come out and said, we are going to oppose every single thing you do. Yep. And every nominee you put out, every single one, yep. straight up. Right. But that wasn't they, that wasn't it, <clears throat> because now they have some alternative to this, whatever six hundred trillion dollar bailout <laughs> bought infrastructure. And infrastructure doesn't yep. mean infrastructure; it means whatever we want. Bill and the Republicans counter is like a, a, an eight hundred million dollar, but like or billion dollar bill. Right. So it's like. How about fuck you? How, How about, about no? How about we've I'm already right. spent trillions of dollars we don't have and we're not going along with your infrastructure bullshit? How about, to your point, how about just no? And how about every confirmation hearing we have with Biden, we're going to blow up Russiagate. We're going to blow up everything uh, Hunter Biden. We're going to blow up the Biden. We're going to use those public forums to beat the shit out of this president this White House, this administration, the Obama White House, everything that they did and got away with, every chance we have Republicans publicly, this is what we're going to use our forum for, because that's exactly what the Democrats did. I mean, they held they held their ground the entire four years of Trump's that's presidency. Right. They said we are going to block and obstruct every single thing we possibly can. And they did. And now the shoe is on the other foot. And. 
and, and they're going along with infrastructure and they're going to go along with some immigration deal. That was another thing that came out this week that they have all the squishes, John Cornyn and um, Lindsey Graham and Susan Collins working with Democrats on some first major immigration uh, compromise, which will have something to do with DACA, which fine. Let's just resolve that once and for all. But John Cornyn said, well, this will just be a building block to more negotiations, more compromises. Oh, that's great. Because that's what you're there for, John Cornyn. Yeah, it's it's this is and we're and and the sad thing is how many months are we into the Biden Harris Obama third term? Like mm-hmm. three. It's been like three months. Yes. Just wait. I mean, we have two. We have a year and a half. Yep. Of this left, although pretty soon it'll be time to start campaigning for 2020, 20, 22. And a lot of the people up for election will, you know, that's why they have to do it now. They have to do all the crazy shit now because people will forget by election time. That's what they're calculating because the stuff that will go on closer to election will be much more milk toast so that they can't, you know, be, be, you know, straddled with it. They can't be stuck mm-hmm. with it. So it'll be, you know, post naming post offices and stuff. But they're trying to do all their crazy shit right now. It's up to people to hold them accountable. If people don't do it, then then it's just going to go on. I mean, there's no reason for them not to continue doing what they're doing and doing a bad job at representing people because there's no consequences. Nope. And now they just sent it, um, the Hirono bill, and then we'll move on to something else more infuriating if we can find it just voted to uh, designate for the justice department to designate an officer or employee to facilitate facilitate expedited review of COVID-19 hate crimes and reports of COVID-19 hate crimes. It defines COVID-19 hate crimes as a violent crime that is motivated by two things. One, the actual perceived characteristic race or ethnicity of any person and two, the actual or perceived relationship to the spread of COVID-19 of any person because of that characteristic. What does that even mean? The bill requires, I was going to say, what does that mean? What is it? What does it mean? DOJ, uh, to issue guidance for state and local law enforcement agencies on how to establish online hate crime reporting processes in multiple languages. DOJ, Department of Health and Human Services, must issue guidance on best practices for mitigating racially discriminatory language in describing the COVID-19 pandemic. So basically, if you tweet out Wuhan flu or the China virus, you can be accused of committing a hate crime. Oh, can I tell you the New York Times had a uh, the New York Times had an article this morning and it referred to the the China virus as the variant that surfaced first in New York. So it, it's like <laughs> it's like almost like the artist formerly known as Prince, right? It's like a we need a symbol without a with it or right I mean it's like it's the variant without a without a country you know like we talk about South Africa variant variant Brazil we talk about um other variant UK variant but we we are not allowed to say China it's isn't it interesting how after all of this carnage after a year over a year of this shit 
nobody is pissed off at China, like in the media. You yeah. don't see any, no one's, I mean, I'm sure people are mad at China, but you don't see anybody talking about this in the media. Nobody's angry at China. Nobody's talking about what are we nope. going to do because of, because, because of this. Should we continue to do gain of function research on these very, um, you know, poisonous viruses? You know, nobody's talking about that. Instead, we're like, should wear two masks. When you're outside or Biden, <laughs> who was on a Zoom call and he was the only one wearing a mask. He was on a mask on a Zoom call. What the fuck? Our enemies fuck? must just be. Well, our enemies, we don't have worse enemies than, say, the Senate Republicans. But let's pretend we have like legit foreign enemies now. They must just be dying laughing at what's happening. And they must feel sorry for us. Right. They must be like, God, we could not do to America anything worse than they're doing to themselves right now. No, I agree. I mean, this is fantastic for them or anybody that is has, you know, is hates America, including like the people running it right now, you know, <laughs> including um, everyone in Washington right DC. now. I mean, like, we've got we're brainwashing children to hate themselves if they're white. Right. We're straddling them with the burden of, you know, we're like saying you're Adolf Hitler. And we're also telling him the planet's dying imminently. I mean, these kids are going to have nervous breakdowns by the time they're 10. Oh, I so know. Ridiculous. We're just totally wiping out a generation of kids who are going to be brainwashed. I hope at some point when they have are in any position of power, they just completely rebel about how they were tortured for at least a year by the ruling class experts, their teachers, their parents in a lot of cases. Um, I, I hope they retaliate. I would be so behind that from my nursing home but um yeah so you're right no one's mad at china but the fear baiting about coronavirus continues did you see i'm gonna bring up one of your favorite people oh okay say it dr scott i Gottlieb. knew it i knew it well we really haven't talked about him for a while you know he got his big payoff from the pfizer vaccine so he's like of a happy mm-hmm. of he probably got more botox or maybe another mansion in connecticut yeah. <laughs> he does look like a Kardashian, I have to say. But anyway, Scott Gottlieb admitted yesterday that we uh, or warned us we may not be able to have holiday parties in 2021 be at the end of 2021 because the coronavirus is seasonal and it's going to uh, resurface after a summer hiatus, as most viruses do, and it will be prevalent again like in November, December, January, like viruses usually are, and we won't be able to have the um, usual holiday office party, I guess. Scott Gottlieb is already warning on April 22nd, uh, 2021. Well, um, Fauci, I think on Monday, what came, or on one of the Sunday shows, did threaten that there wouldn't be a 4th of July <laughs> if we didn't keep the masks on. My, um, my, bye, 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 yeah. bye, Miss And I'm just like, guess what? I, I wonder if there's, if anyone's done a survey asking people, you know, do you, do you trust, like, what percentage of people are following the guidance anymore of these clowns that change all the time? Two masks, wear a mask outside. Oh, maybe we don't need to wear a mask outside. Um. Remember that? Because now they're thinking about, I've seen some rumbling that maybe we 
you need to rethink it. You have to wear a mask outside. Meanwhile, for a year, we've been told to do the opposite of everything mm-hmm. that is good to mitigate this virus, which is stay inside. Don't go right. outside. Do you right. remember videos of the cops like going on beaches, arresting people, and the Democrats and the media were going absolutely fucking crazy because Ron DeSantis had people on the beach. Meanwhile, we know that the virus doesn't do very well in sunlight. In fact, we've known for quite a while that the virus doesn't do well in UV light. And so keeping people inside is the dumbest thing you can do. And then forcing them to wear a mask while they're exercising outside. I mean, if they don't drop over from inability to breathe, I mean, it's it's not easy to breathe with one of those masks on regularly. I mean, right. you know, especially here, I know I'm in Virginia, it's allergy season. So if you have bad allergies, your nose is running, you have this mask on, and now you're supposed to be like running, riding a bike, doing something, hiking outside with a mask on? Who's going to do that? But those are the rules. But now we're hearing, well, wait, maybe that, that's different. So. It's really, I don't know. I'm be just, I'd just be curious to what percentage of the population has any faith in the instruction that we're getting from our betters on this. Yeah, so you've got Anthony Fauci just spinning as usual, making shit up as he goes along. You've got the CDC director, Rochelle Walensky, doing the same. I mean, she just looks like a deer on the headlights now. She's just regurgitating really whatever the Biden people are telling her to say. And just these mixed messages, not even mixed messages. They are just, they're so incompetent and they are so... um depraved when it comes to this virus and now you're legitimately telling people i mean the vaccine thing has are people realizing what this vaccine is all about yet i mean when you are told and you see people have been vaccinated still wearing two masks on a zoom call like joe biden is or outside continuing not only to be vaccinated and wear masks and stand six feet apart Also, to sanitize podiums, like we saw Joe Biden's announcement after the Chauvin verdict, the guy is wiping down the podium. We already know, even Fauci will admit that this is not transmitted on surfaces. We've actually known that for more than a year. But you still have all these optics and theatrics around this virus that do you think people are finally waking up that it's not going anywhere? We are going to have we've had coronaviruses forever they used to they test for coronaviruses and now we're going to have this one too so what it when does this end like when are people going to your point i'd love to see the results uh, like some really and you used to do polling i know but to really people who trusted anthony fauci and this advice a year ago what they think now like that would be an interesting survey I do. And also, to, you know, we, we did see that survey. I know Bill Maher last week, last Friday on a show, not that I watched, I was told about it. So I don't, I don't watch that. Um, um, that Bill Maher pointed out how Democrats are so wrong about basic coronavirus facts compared mm-hmm. to Republicans, yes. you know, and we're always told we're the like anti-science, like, sister fucker dumb people or whatever (laughs) but not to be gross but that's how they characterize us right Mm -hmm. like inbred dummies I don't know nothing I don't know no book learning you know that that kind of stuff and meanwhile in this poll the Democrats think that they have like a 50% chance of getting on a ventilator if they get the virus which is just completely false 
So right. th th there's a tremendous disconnect on where people are getting their information. The question is, do people who did get their information from the Fauci's and the disgraced Deborah Burks, um, you know, are, are they still listening? Are they are they double masking? I can tell you, I think the younger people are. I've seen so many younger people online when I'm, you know, um, on Reddit or something. <clears throat> These people are taking it as absolute gospel. You know, yes. and I have to say, if you haven't seen your parent, your elderly parent in a year because of any of these people, you're a piece oh, of garbage. God. Thank you. you know, I've heard people, yep. oh, I haven't seen my family in a year. Well, then you're scum. Because right. let me tell you, I flew probably six or seven times last year across the country to see my mother. So, yeah, cause, and it's, no one's keeping me away from her, you know, I mean, seriously, but these people are like, Oh, I can't wait to hug my family. Uh, really? If you've been inside and you don't have the virus, why can't you get in your car and see your your other family that equally doesn't have the virus? I mean, this, this, none of this makes any sense. And yet people are just blindly following these orders. Just I mean, these, incredible. these must be people who are lucky enough to never have lost a loved one suddenly. And if you've never experienced that, I know you have, I know I have, you, I guess you think it's okay to not go hug your mom or grandma for a year because you're afraid of getting a virus that's not going to do anything to either one of you. But unless you have that sort of perspective, um, I, I guess you live in some sort of a bubble, but even if you have, I mean, it's still, then you're, that's not living, avoiding death, even, and I mean, we know the death rates now for this. We know who's vulnerable. We know, even if you had somebody in a nursing home, you had an elder, those people, a grandparent, a parent, whoever that is going to pass away because they're in their 80s, you're not going to go see them for a year. Now, maybe they don't, maybe the old pe person doesn't want to see you. That's fine. That's their prerogative. But if my grandparents were still alive and this was going on, I would claw and scratch to go see them wherever they were. And I can't imagine after surviving World War II and everything else that they went through, that they would be scared of a virus. Like, they wouldn't. So I don't, well, I, I, you're it, right. Those people this, are garbage. You're ter you are you're a horrible person if you've done that. Shame on you. This this virus isn't isn't that different. I mean, it isn't different from any other virus. Or like logic applies to this as well. So if you don't have the virus and the person you're going to visit doesn't have the virus, where what is the fucking problem? You know. Right. And great if th that's what I don't understand. It's like. People are suspending just their critical faculties if they even have them anymore because they're taught, you know, in school, a lot of these younger kids are brainwashed to just shit out their critical race theory um, propaganda without thinking about anything. But it, it just makes no sense. But we've seen people absolutely suspend disbelief. Again, like you, if you're not around anybody and you're outside, why do you have a mask on? That does not require any advanced scientific knowledge to ask that question. That is just right. makes sense. You know, if you're talking about a disease that is communicable and you're outside and nobody's near you, why on earth would you have a fucking mask on? But nobody's, but, but again, we just don't, we didn't, we didn't really see a lot of pushback. And when we, when people did push back on that, we had absolute meltdown. We, people, we were, people were called science deniers or whatever. <laughs> the ones that are like, nobody's around me. Why do I need a mask on? Right. That's the science denier. Oh, okay. 
you know? Okay, sure it is. Do you remember? I think this was like my favorite. Well, this is my favorite COVID memory, Julie, was the guy on <laughs> YouTube. So many good memories. The guy on YouTube who did this whole video about how he decontaminates his groceries. He's like, I was going to take these over to my parents um, and just drop them off on the porch. But first, and then he was like taking out bread like slices of bread. He was like, like wiping it down out of already a protective container, which, you know, he, and it was this long process about, he leaves some of the things out in the garage for three days to kill the virus. And it was this long video and, you know, people weren't like, you're crazy. You're crazy. Or remember the um, packages in the mail, people were sp spraying down their packages before they brought them in the house. Yes. Yes. It was insane. It, and they, you couldn't buy Lysol anywhere. You couldn't? All the Lysol, it, it hadn't sold out. Now, I don't know about, I, I have Lysol in my house because, you know, I, I'm the, you know, I like a click, keep a clean house. And um, I'm sure you're familiar with Lysol. You spray that and inhale it and tell me that that is not some noxious poison right there. And yet people are spraying it all over the place. Oh, I don't know. People, I bet people were. I bet are collecting were. mine. I bet people were huffing it. I bet they were huffing Lysol because they probably thought that that would act as some kind of barrier from getting. But remember, Trump is crazy because he said people <laughs> need to inhale bleach. Remember that? Or drink yeah. bleach or whatever. Remember? <laughs> Trump's crazy. But, you know, yes. I'm going to I'm going to spray Lysol and walk into it like with my face and stuff. And <laughs> OK, like you know, perfect. right. Just absolutely. What are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing Febreze. Oh, okay. Beautiful. Okay, I can hug you. Febreze number Maybe. five. Febreze <laughs> number five. Oh, Liz, crazy, crazy, crazy times. Um, these are. I mean, so today there's a big meeting about J and J, and as all our listeners know, I currently am like. Alive. Have the, I am alive, <laughs> Julie. <laughs> I am over two weeks post-JJ Vax, um, but they're going to meet today to um, decide. I think there's a couple extra, uh, some more. We don't know. They say a handful. Who knows what that means? But they're going to review it because they pulled J&J &J vaccine off the market. I kind of think that's unfortunate in a way because the idea of just having one shot vaccine for really high-risk populations that are not going to come back in three weeks. We've already seen a story. I saw a story last week. We may have even talked about it about some guy that got one Pfizer and one Moderna shot. And it's just like, Oh geez. Oh. Yeah. And then today there was a story that there's about 700 prisoners in Iowa that got like over vaccinated. They got like too much vaccine. So, you know, we don't know how that's going to turn out, but they're going to have a meeting today to review whether they put the Johnson and Johnson vaccine back on the market um, based on with limit, with some warnings or with restrictions to either gender or age. I don't know. So that's, that's the next thing. And maybe we'll hear that we are allowed to go <clears throat> outside without masks. And you know, what's interesting is I've noticed that a lot of the media that have been vaccinated are now like, Hey, maybe it's time to um, not wear masks outside anymore. And it's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, right. now that you think you're protected, it's okay not to, not to wear masks. 
Now the J and J, I'm, I'll be curious to see what happens. Um, also, I know that University of Illinois was looking for participants for a study for the um, impact of the vaccine on women, uh, women's periods, menstruating women, which what does that tell you? That Pregnant women, yeah. That um, maybe this vaccine wasn't as widely tested, extensively, rigorously tested as Scott Gottlieb and Anthony Fauci and... Um, you know, Joe Biden has told us. So that study is going on, but also, um, you know, just the continued reports of side effects. And, you know, if they come out with some kind of warning that women, especially women on birth control pills from ages 18 to 48 should not take this vaccine, why would you ever put it back on the market then? You're only putting it back to salvage J&J's reputation and to perpetuate this demand for vaccines, which is is plummeting now for a variety of reasons. Um, and so we'll, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with today. Yeah, I don't I think that the, I think they're going to bring it back, but with restrictions. And um, I don't see how they can't, to be honest. Um, I think there's I, I just. But then who knows, because I keep seeing stories about people like not like they're basically the vaccine centers are closing up because nobody, everybody who wants a vaccine has already gotten it. You know, I've heard stories about that. I just saw a story come across um, the Twitter hotline that said states are turning down vaccine doses now because, you know, everybody who's got who who wants one has one. And then and then what, you know, and then what do we do? Well, you, you know, you have a child in college, um, you know, you have, they're requiring them um, at a lot of schools. I see different schools come out and say that they're requiring vaccines. And even though um, some states are making, p- prohibiting like the state from requiring vaccines, there are businesses that will probably continue to require people have vaccines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that, Julie? I mean, <clears throat> I think what has to happen and my daughter um, goes to college in upstate New York and we already got an email right away like a month or so ago that a COVID vaccine will be required before admission. So she obviously is going to um, declare re- her religious or whatever belief because I don't want her taking it. She's 20 years old and has other I She doesn't need to take it. I think she already had COVID like most college kids have had it. So there's no reason for them, healthy kids, to take this vaccine. Um, And so, look, the only entities you can sue right now would be a business or a university requiring someone to take it. Because as you know, under the emergency authorization uh, use, um, Big Pharma cannot be sued. The government cannot be sued. Anyone involved in the production, distribution of this vaccine cannot be sued for any consequences or side effects. So if a university is going to demand that your child take this vaccine and the child takes it because for whatever reason they want to be on campus, they want to go back to their sorority house, they want to be able to go to the football game, something happens, I would sue their asses off. I mean, my child's not going to take it, but for those who demand it, that would be, those are the only entities that you could sue. So I think a few lawsuits filed against these universities or businesses, I don't think the airlines will do it because, I mean, that's a huge 
pot to go after if something happens. Um, <clears throat> so that would be the only legal recourse free once free citizens would have um, if something happened by taking the vaccine. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. I think airlines will require it, actually. I do, because I if you think about what the insurance situation is, I think a lot of places are going to have to require it because their insurance is going to is going to require it because they don't want people suing the, you know, Home Depot. Oh, I went to get some lumber and I got the virus and I'm suing Home Depot. You know, don't yeah. don't you see that happening? I mean, I would if, if someone has some sort of liability insurance in their business, I can imagine that that it would be required. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be, um, you know, it it it's going to be interesting because this J and J thing sort of shape is reshaping the the trajectory of vaccines. But also, you're getting more and more reports on the official website, which is the Vaccine Adverse um, Reaction site. Now, you know, that's only a sample of people reporting or doctors reporting. You know, these doctors are not going to want to report side effects. Uh, severe adverse reactions to vaccines because the doc the docs are all all in on these vaccines right so <clears throat> they're not necessarily going to report bad side effects to the official government site in ADA but but the side effects are piling up and especially among young people and I've heard this firsthand I've seen it firsthand and that's really I think the alarming part of these vaccine requirements so um, you know, this is continuing to go along. And I think, too, like Gottlieb was saying, and Pfizer's already suggested that people are going to need a booster shot in the fall. This is going to be an annual vaccination. And, you know, that <laughs> that's a whole other level of realization for people to see what what this means. This means you have to go to your doctor every year as an adult and get a vaccine when that has never happened before. Well, but that's with the, they want to make it like the flu where every year you get a flu shot. I think that's what they're trying to turn it into. I mean, that they need, that's a cash cow, you know, right? You yes. need to, uh, every year people go get a flu shot. So I've never gotten a flu <laughs> shot, but. Um, me either. No. That's just me. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't think, I think most people don't get flu shots. I think it's less than 50% of people get flu shots every year. Um, and it's not even 100% effective. Well, right. It's not a, at it's all. Like it's not even close, like 60% effective. Um, you can tell. And of course, we don't have the flu anymore. Um, it's been it's gone now. Right, Julie? We learned point. There's, there's no flu anymore. Good point. So, um, yep. you know, because of masks, because of masks. That's right. Masks and Lysol and hand sanitizer and um, all of the other all the other crazy precautions we've been taking and obviously we should just wear masks forever so um and there are people that want that so i think that that's um a a nice happy note we can leave off leave our show with right um, i like we it. always leave yeah. on a happy note and the happy note is masks forever <laughs> uh so thank you so much for spending your hour with us we will be back next friday have a great week Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week.